Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. The website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. This morning we are resuming our study in the book of Romans. We're ready for chapter 13, which is going to be very short this morning. It's only 14 verses. And it's controversial, even though it shouldn't be controversial. So the subject is about being in subject to government. Being in submission to governing authorities, which is, according to the scriptures, established by God. And I see, I've seen over the years people really try to walk this all over the place, even though the scripture is extremely clear. Paul says what it is, and then he describes what it looks like. I mean, it couldn't be more clear. The problem is, is we as human beings, as fallen creatures, have a rebellious spirit. And we want to rebel, and we want to find loopholes, and we want to find all reasons why we don't have to do what the Bible says. For example, not only has God established, um, really, you know, like governing authorities and authorities in earth and how it should work. For example, you've got, God has established that the government is over the citizens. The church is over the believers. Um, the parents are over the children. The master is over the employee. Like in that general sense, we rebel against that. But even the hierarchy in the home, like it's Christ at the head. It's then the husband who is the head of the wife. Like the, that is being rebelled against and always has been, but that's rebelled against at an extraordinary level even today. Um, women don't want to be in subjection to their husband. They find it offensive that they would have to listen to their husband. And uh, likewise, the, many husbands are all too happy to let their wives be the ruler of the house. And so, in all ways... We're always rebelling against the establish what God has established for rule. And this is no different. And there certainly will be people who are mad that I dared to read what the scriptures say and agree with it. Um, but it is what it is. And I'm not in the business of pleasing men. Rather, I'm in the business of subjecting myself to the Word of God because the Word of God is the ultimate authority for faith and practice. So, with that said, let's go ahead and read. We're going to read the first seven verses here and then I'll read some commentary to you from Matthew Henry about those seven verses. Um, so, let's begin. Verse 1. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. So let's read that again. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. Why? For there is no authority except from God and those who exist are established by God. So Paul's saying, 
you need to obey the governing authorities because they're there by the divine will of God. They are established by God. And this is difficult, obviously, because it's hard to reconcile how God can at how God can be the one who establishes these governing authorities and then we look at the governing authorities and how wicked and filthy and disgusting and demonic they are and we're like well how do we do this <laughs> right right um obviously when we look at the governing authorities today, and this has always been true, by the way, it's it's unfathomable, and it's astonishing at how evil they are. And they're not doing what they're appointed to do, which is to enforce rule and, and order and law, and protect the protect its citizens. Right? That's that was the reason that government was established to begin with. But that's not what happens, right? It's kind of like Habakkuk says. I'm looking out, but right ruling doesn't happen. Like, nobody cares about the law. And the judges rule in favor of the wicked. And so, obviously, we have this issue. So, Paul's saying, being subjecting to governing authorities. And the reason for that is because they're appointed by God. They've been established by God. So, when you disobey them, you're really disobeying God. Which means there's one caveat. There's one exception to this. And that is be, in, be subjective to the governing authorities except if being in subjection to them would cause you to disobey the word of God. Let me say that again. Be in subjection, like Paul says here, to governing authorities with the one exception. And that be when obedience to the civil authority would require disobedience to God's word. We see examples of this in scripture. Um, think, well, I think about John the Baptist, who openly spoke against Herod's relationship with his brother's wife. Right? It was sin. Um, there was so many things wrong with it. So much sinful behavior involved, and John the Baptist was calling it out. Now, in this scenario, John the Baptist isn't disobeying government, right? He's just calling out evil. And there, I, I certainly am on board for that. Like, hey, that's wrong. That's even calling it out. Um, an example of disobedience to government um, might be in the book of Exodus, when the midwives in Egypt were commanded to make sure the boy children were killed, Right? But if you go to Exodus verse chapter 1, verse 17, it says, But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men's children alive. Right? So Paul's not saying, hey, all evil that the government wants us to do, get in line with it. That's not what he's saying. He's saying being subject to the government. Um, but obviously... God is our ultimate authority, and we do not disobey God in order to obey government. Okay, I think I've made that really clear. Um, it's not complicated. And yet, 
there's always muddying of the water when I see this tackled by uh, by teachers. Let's continue on. I want to get to verse 7 before I read commentary from Matthew Henry. So let me just start over and go to verse 7. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whosoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed the will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For it is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For because of this you will also pay taxes, for the rulers are servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all what is due to them. Tax to whom tax is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, and honor whom honor. So there's the seven verses where Paul makes it very clear. You know, I, li- I like that he brings up taxes. And the reason is because that's, it's obvious that taxation, while it may begin in a country or a a new government as a step, for example, in the United States, which is a fairly new country compared to the rest of modern countries, in the United States, taxes, according to the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, were only to be levied for the purpose of war. So when our country was established, we, our founders said no taxation. And the reason they were so adamant about this is because they were being taxed into oblivion in Europe. And there was tax on tea and all these things. And so the American people, when we established our government, said we're not going to allow taxation. The only exception being if we need to raise money to defend our country. So taxes were levied for war, as was okay according to the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, and then they were never removed. And now we live in a land where, and here's the thing, the average lemon on the street is so deceived that they don't even understand these basic principles. But the we're taxed like 50 to 70% of our income. And you say, well, you... They don't, people don't understand how that works. So you're taxed on your income, right? Like before you ever receive your paycheck, the government s- steals your money. Then when you go to buy something, you pay taxes on the thing that you bought, right? Or if you sell something, you got to pay more taxes. You're taxed on every utility. You're taxed on... Any licensing vehicles, you're taxed on your property. You may own your home, but you'll find out real quick that if you don't pay your taxes, you don't actually own your home, right? Because the government can just come and take it because you didn't pay your property taxes, even though it's been in your family for 200 years. 
So why am I bringing all this up? Because taxation is one of the most obvious evils that government abuses. There may be nece- there may be some necessities for some taxation uh, in order to provide infrastructure, um, military things like that, which I understand. But it always goes to a place of abuse, which is what's happened here in the U.S. and really just about every co- every modern country in the world. And it's nothing new. Paul's addressing this because the Roman authority was taxing everybody into oblivion also, right? And it was just a way to steal wealth and to fund the lives of the politicians. Nothing new under the sun. However, Paul's saying, even though you don't agree with the taxation, and even though it's probably being abused, you should pay your taxes. That's what he's saying. Right? And Jesus asked, was asked the same thing because they were like, hey, we're being taxed into oblivion. Should we pay our taxes? And Jesus says, render to Caesar what is Caesar's. Likewise, likewise Paul says, render, all, render to all what is due to them. Tax to whom taxes do. Custom to who custom. Fear to whom fear. And honor to whom honor. Just... It, the, the scriptures don't say obey government as long as you agree with everything. Now, if the government is asking you to disobey God's word, to disobey God's commandments, you obey God. I feel like I've I feel like I've hammered this home. So I'm just gonna Read some commentary from Matthew Henry real quick and just be done with this conversation about being in subjection to government and finish our study for today. Here's what Matthew Henry says. He says, The grace of the gospel teaches us submission and quiet, where pride and the carnal mind only see causes for murmuring and and discontent. Whatever the persons in authority over us themselves may be, Yet, the just power they have must be submitted and obeyed. In the general course of human affairs, rulers are not a terror to honest, quiet, and good subjects, but to evildoers. Notice that Matthew Henry says, in general, right? Obviously, we're moving into a stage in our time, in our generation, where the governing authorities are starting to become a terror to the honest and good people, all right? So, we're kind of in a different scenario, but... Nevertheless, Matthew Henry say in general, the, purp- the their purpose is to defend the good and the quiet and, and whatnot. Such is the power of sin and corruption, that many will be kept back from crimes only by the fear of punishment. Thou hast the benefit of government, therefore do what thou can to preserve it, and nothing to disturb it. This direct private concerns to behave quietly and peaceably where God has sent them. Christians must not use any trick or fraud. All smuggling, dealing in contraband goods, withholding or evading duties is rebellion against the express command of God. All right, let's read verses 8 through 14. And we'll wrap it up for this morning. Verse 8. Owe nothing to anyone 
except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. Please note, the Bible is very clear that debt is wrong. Debt is enslavement. Don't be owing a bunch of money. Don't be owing money to people. And those of us who have had to come out of debt, and I'm one of them, um, because I acquired a lot of debt as a young man, not understanding um, what I was doing. And by young, I mean starting at like 19. And spent 15 years, the next 15 years, basically being in poverty and suffering as a result of those bad decisions. The Bible is clear. Do not acquire debt. Now, the next thing he says is, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another, for he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. So how is loving your neighbor a fulfillment of the law? Well, it's pretty simple. If I love my neighbor, I'm not going to covet his wife. I'm not going to steal from him. I'm not going to kill him, right? And so in loving my neighbor, I'm obeying the commandments of God. Likewise, if I love God, I'm not going to take his name in vain. I'm not going to have any gods before him. It's so it's so easy. It's so simple to understand. And Paul kind of makes that point here. Let's continue on. For this you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, it is summed up in this saying, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 10, Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. Do this knowing the time that it is already the honor for you to awaken from sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. The night is almost gone, and the day is near. Therefore let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh in regards to its lust. I mean, Paul's just simply saying, behave like good godly people. Obeying God, loving your neighbor, being submissive to authorities that are over you. Don't act, don't live your life in the darkness. Specifically, Drunkenness, sexual immorality, promiscuity, sensuality. Don't live with strife and jealousy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And make no provisions for the flesh, meaning don't pre-plan to put yourself in a situation where you could indulge in sin. It's pretty simple, my friends. Well, that's all I have for you this morning. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged. Open up your hearts and just receive what the Word of God has to say. Sometimes we have to put down ourselves. We have to die to our flesh, don't we? Because I don't want to pay taxes. I think it's criminal. I don't. You know, there's a lot of things I don't want to do because I know that the powers to be are just using it to steal and to kill and to take advantage, 
right? So I understand, but you got to have the balance between obeying what the governing authorities have said, but at the same time, we don't obey if it means disobeying God. But that is how simple it is. You obey your boss at work unless obeying your boss means you have to disobey God. You obey your husband unless obeying your husband means you have to disobey. It's so easy. And yet, because of our flesh, it's so difficult. And it's true for us all. And it's been true throughout all of human history. We are a stiff-necked and rebellious people. But may God give us the grace to walk in humility and obedience. Thanks for listening, friends. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.